We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company. It's coming at you Monday afternoon, February 6th. And on today's show, we're going we're gonna to do it in two parts. Part one will just be me solo. We're going to focus on the return of Jordan McLaughlin. Came back on Sunday night against Denver. It's not going to be totally specific to what Jay Mack did or didn't do against Denver. Because, you know, that was basically a preseason game uh, last night from a competitive standpoint. And also... J-Mac only played 12 minutes due to a minutes restriction that he's on. So instead, what I want to do is look at how the Wolves fared in the 30 games he was out, how they handled point guard duties in his absence, and who was impacted by that. And I want to get into who might also benefit most from J-Mac's return, looking at, I, before this, looked at who J-Mac had the most success with last season. I think that might be relevant here. Um, I'll also play some J-Mac related clips from the locker room uh, on Sunday night. And then after about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so on J-Mac, uh, part two uh, of this episode, I'll be joined by Adam Mares, Harrison Wind, and Brendan Vote, who all cover the Nuggets for DNVR Sports. This will be one of those instances like we've had in the past where I go on their show and then take the conversation over to my feed. So the Denver guys will be leading that conversation, but I'll make sure to ask Bob Bones Highland and get some Wolves-specific info there as well. And also, just before we get going, this week's weird trade deadline week. I'm in Denver right now, so schedule's going to be a little different. Uh, because I flew out to Denver on Monday morning, there will be no Monday show with Chris Hine this week, which is actually a bit of a bummer because Chris did a Q&A with Tim Conley over the weekend, if you haven't. I read that. It's all about the trade deadline. You can check that out over at the Star Tribune. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Chris on later in the week once we can find a time in both of our travel schedules. Chris is going to Utah and Memphis after Denver. Um, So then the next episode after this one will be with Chase Frederick on Wednesday morning. Discuss what goes down in Denver Tuesday night. That'll also be um, our last episode before Thursday's trade deadline. So See if we gather any information um, in, you know, these, I guess, 24, 24, 48 hours until then. Uh, we'll we'll talk pre-trade deadline with uh, Jace. And then on Thursday afternoon, it's kind of been a tradition for Britt Robson and I over the, the past few years. We just record right after the trade deadline, 
goes down on on the Thursday afternoon of the trade deadline. So Brett and I will record that. Uh, I don't know, maybe like an hour after um, after any trades do or do not happen, and just sort of give immediate reactions from that, and then uh, bring on Kyle Tyke for the more measured response <laughs> on on Friday. Well, that'll be you know maybe we will have some trades uh, to dig into with Kyle um, or just the. Maybe the reasons they didn't make trades. We don't, we don't know. Uh, well, that will be uh, Friday with Kyle. So today with the NVR, um, Jace on Wednesday, Britt on Thursday, Kyle on Friday. Let's start this episode with Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, McLaughlin, of course, returned Sunday after missing the previous 30 games with a calf strain. The Wolves went 15-15 and 15 in those 30 games. And over the course of those two months of 30 games, the Wolves were 20th on offense in the NBA and 9th on defense, which is actually eerily similar to how the Wolves fared before Jay Mack went out. He started missing time 25 games into the season, or that's when the 30-game break happened. And so in those first 25 games before he really hurt his calf, uh, the Wolves were 13-12, and 12, and they were 18th on offense and 10th on defense. So functionally the same in terms of where they ranked um, in the league pre-J-Mac injury and post-J-Mac injury. But, you know, J-Mac was kind of in and out of those lineups the first 25 games, too. Maybe the shoulder thing. He only played in 18 of the first 25 games, too. So we haven't really seen J-Mac this season that much and in the context of this new roster. So I, I think the way to, to think about what Jordan McLaughlin is going to be able to do with this team or estimate what he's going to be able to do is to look at what he did last year and who he paired with best on, on that roster. And last year, uh, he, he shared the floor extensively with nine different teammates. This is in order of who he played with most to least. It was Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Noel, Jared Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell least. Now, you know, left out the guys who weren't really in the rotation there, but of rotation pieces, Beasley's who he played with most, Delos who he played with least. And I just kind of went through some of the the pairing, two-man pairing numbers there. I mean, it's a fairly large sample size with all those those pairings next to J Max. So I think we can learn some stuff from there. But those are the the nine names. Can you guess who J Mac had the best offensive rating with of those nine players? Drum roll, pause your podcast. It's Cat. I guess that one's not really uh, a surprise, but it was a very elite offense. When Carl Anthony Towns and Jordan McLaughlin shared the floor, they scored 121.6 points per 100 possessions, which is, yes, again, very elite. But what surprised me when I was looking at this was the player who J-Mac was second most effective with offensively, and that player was Jalen Noel, which that is a bit surprising given what we've seen from Noel recently. Um, but last year, when J-Mac and Noel shared the floor, the Wolves' offensive rating was also elite, almost the same level as Cat and J-Mac, 120.7 points per 100 possessions, just like a point less than the, the Cat pairing there. And what kind of put this on my radar was uh, Finch brought it up pregame when you know he was kind of talking about J-Mac coming back, and and he pointed to the fact that J-Mac and Noel had a lot of success last season, and that, uh, I guess that kind of put that on my radar to look up the numbers, and then 
also to ask uh, Jordan about it after the game. Here's Jordan on why he feels like he fits with Jalen Noel. Finch was talking uh, before the game about how historically you and Jalen Noel have had a lot of success when the two of you have shared mm -hmm. the floor. I mean, weird game tonight, but he's like a plus 38 or, or something like that. Um, how how do your two games beat off of each other effectively? Um, he's a scorer, natural scorer. You just got to give him the ball um, in the right spots. He knows I'm looking to pass it to him. And uh, he's just ready to play out the catch, ready to catch and shoot. Uh, he knows I'm looking for him. So same with everybody on this team. They know I'm out there trying to make plays and, and getting them going. And then, you know, whatever whatever I get, I get within the flow of the game. So, um, but, you know, just trying to play fast. And he did that tonight. If this holds with Jalen Noel, if the if J Mac and Noel can have some of that same chemistry they had last season, play with that pace and get up and on the floor, putting Jalen in better spots to score. I mean, I don't think we can undersell that. I mean, Jalen Noel's shooting 27% from three as, as I record this. And, you know, I personally think that's as much a mental thing as it is about, you know, maybe how Noel fits in lineup groups, but I do think lineup groups are, are part of it. I think Jalen is a rhythm scorer. And he's been struggling to catch a rhythm, honestly, kind of over these 30 games. Remember, Noel was good at the beginning of the season, and Jordan McLaughlin was playing then. Jalen Noel also shot 39% from three last season, and he played a lot of those minutes next to Jordan McLaughlin. So you can, I feel like I say glass half full like five times an episode, but glass half full, uh, you, can, you can use Jordan McLaughlin's reinsertion into the rotation to make you believe more in Jalen Noel. I think that's, you know, decently reasonable. But the question is how relevant is this is all going to be? I mean, there's a world, right, in which Noel becomes far less of a staple of the Wolves rotation going forward. I mean, J-Max's presence could simply delete the majority of Noel's role. I mean, I, I looked it up uh, this morning and Clean the Glass says that Noel has played 45% of his minutes this season as a point guard. And I don't even know if those point guard minutes exist at all for Noel um, with D'Lo and J-Mac both healthy. So, you know, is he now is he just playing the two? How much time does he have the two? Got Rivers in the mix there. Um, other players as well, just on, on the wing. I don't know how much Noel is even going to play, is what I guess I'm saying. Um, but if and when he does, I think having that be next to J-Mac, you know, would be helpful. Additionally, though, like, is Noel going to be on this team in a week? I, he could very well get traded on Thursday if for no other reason than he's just on an expiring contract that, you know, puts his name, I think, out there on the market a little bit. Um, but also, like, you could go the other way with it. What if D'Lo gets traded at the deadline? And if D'Lo gets traded and a point guard doesn't come back, you know, now you kind of have the point guard duties split between Ant, Noel, and J-Mac, right? So there would probably be a lot of Noel and, and J-Mac minutes together. If you believe in those numbers from last season, you know, maybe that's not a, maybe that's not something you're, you're scared of rolling with uh, at the one. And hopefully you could have repurposed the D-Lo asset into something else that, um, you know, maybe helps you out at the wing or a defender or, or something along that. But we don't know, right? Like it's, uh, it's Monday of trade deadline week. We don't know who's going to be on this team in five days. Um, but I think we know Jordan McLaughlin will be, and and he changes 
the the dynamic of a lot of players on this team. I think, you know, particularly Jalen Noel, J Max presence will will improve the, those Noel minutes. Obviously, that's been a low bar thus thus far. I mean, the Noel minutes have been problematic, um, but that I think that's a room for at least a little bit of optimism as it as it pertains to the pack court. Also, that's just offensively we're talking about with Noel. I mean, J Max impact on the defensive side of the ball, not just last season, but this season as well, has been huge. I mean, the, the Wolves defend at a far higher level with J-Mac on the floor. I mean, he has the best on-off defensive rating differential uh, on the team this season. Obviously, that's not a ton of minutes with only 18 games. But J-Mac's kind of historically been impactful defensively. And going through those two-man pairings, it was interesting to see that last season, J-Mac's best defensive pairing was with Anthony Edwards. And in those minutes, the Wolves only gave up 106.4 points per 100 possessions. I think you could probably picture those minutes as, you know, Delo's probably off the floor, J-Mac at the one, uh, Ant at the two there. You know, that's obviously that'd be another very encouraging development um, just in general to, to get some some better defensive minutes, the best defensive minutes out of Ant, but also rel- relevant to the, that same idea is, is Delo not going to be on this team in, you know, in five days? If that's the case, um, you can, that's kind of what you'd be looking at um, in the backcourt again, if the Wolves didn't trade to get a point guard back in in that that D'Lo deal. And speaking of D'Lo, you know, as, as much as, speaking of D'Lo as it pertains to J-Mac, like Finch has always talked about how much he likes J-Mac next to D'Lo, and that has never actually worked. And, and I don't, say that to necessarily all fall on on Delo. I think it's it's one of those situations where J Mac might not be able to play with another true point guard on the floor as much as maybe Delo can't do that uh, as well. Far and away, uh the Delo had the worst net rating next to next to J Mac uh, on the entire team. Everyone was positive. It was you know Malik plus seven next to J Mac. Prince plus 5.7, Nas plus 2.4, Cat plus 8.9, McDaniels plus 1.8, Edwards plus 11.4, Noel plus 8, Vanderbilt plus 11.8, and then J Mac and Delo was minus 1.4. That should lead to some questions about the feasibility of playing J Mac next to another point guard. The defensive rating of that pairing last year was awful. However, has Delo kind of changed positions in a way? Is he still a point guard? I mean, he's certainly playing off ball a lot more this season than he ever has before. Maybe that leads to a greater effectiveness and his pairing next to J-Mac. If they go with that again, though, you know, I don't know much how much that applies to the defensive side of the floor. Um, this is all, you know, these are all just numbers. These are all just ideas. We've watched J-Mac play. We have a good idea of where his impact comes and and where it doesn't. It's just a, let's wait and see what happens here. This and it could take a while, right? Like J-Mac told us after the game last night that he's going to be on a pretty severe minutes restriction for these next few games. He played six minutes in the first half and five and a half minutes in, in the second half last night. And I don't think that was about that game being a blowout. I think I think he's kind of going to be a one shift a half guy here for, for the next few games. And then Jordan said that he'll be back to his normal rotation spot kind of right before the all-star break here. So with J Mac, I just think he's a he's kind of a fascinating character to to track and and has been. I mean, he's consistently been a plus minus wizard and somehow 
you know, doing that despite being like five nine and close to a non-shooter. He he does it. He has that impact, and it shows up on on both sides of the ball. Again, J Mac's first half stint last night was was only six minutes, but it was the perfect example of this. In those six minutes that McLaughlin played, the Wolves won those six minutes by sixteen points, and for the eighteen minutes he was on the bench, the Wolves only won those minutes by four points. I mean, plus, minus or not, this Wolves team has been needing a true point guard off the bench. They've been lacking there. That's been part of the Noel problem. That's been part of the turnover problem, for sure, with both Ant and D'Lo. And, you know, I'd be relatively shocked if J-Mac's kind of historical trend of helping that, you know, doesn't hold for the final chapter of this season. All right, that's all I got for you solo today. Um, after the break, I'll be joined by the DNVR Nuggets crew. Well, I'd love to tell you what we uh, got into. I don't know because I am headed over there right now to record. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back to talk to you Wednesday morning with Chase Frederick. Today's show is brought to you by The Genesis Company. The Genesis Company is the MVP of the business game. With their advanced marketing techniques, they've helped over 300 brands generate over $3 billion in retail sales. So if you're an entrepreneur with any size brand or product, they're the best in the business. And for being fans of the pod, they're offering free access to their proprietary AI technology that helps founders uncover the true potential of their brand. Find out how big your brand or product should be. Don't let your competition steal the lead. Email them at grow at thegenesiscompany.com and claim your spot at the top of the game. That's grow at thegenesiscompany.com. Today's episode is brought to you by 20 by 20 Solutions, a Minneapolis-based technology consulting company that works with your business to help you build and sustain success. A great front office puts together a winning team with a coach who can put together a winning strategy. When leadership does its job and it all comes together, that means success. Success in business isn't any different. Business leaders need to find the right mix of technology, strategy, and talent to make things really work. And that's never been truer for growing companies. 20 by 20s team has helped grow companies from thousands of customers to tens of millions by helping businesses across a wide range of industries, from consumer technology and healthcare to manufacturing and even human spaceflight. Reach out to Clark and Ben, who are Wolves fans and fans of this show, by emailing them at team at 20 by 20 solutions.com. That's T E A M at 20x20 solutions.com. And their team will review your needs and help you put together a plan before you need to make any commitments. 20 by 20 solutions, technology, workflow, architecture, strategy. They're your sixth man on a winning team. All right. What is today? Monday. First show of the week, baby. First show of the week. That's right. For for our purposes, first show of the week. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. It's understandable. We're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up uh, and gamble along with us. It's lots of fun to do. Trade deadline week. we got a lot of stuff going on. I have a feeling it's going to be an eventful one. And because of that, I brought in some reinforcements. we got Dane Moore from the aptly named Dane Moore NBA podcast on the show. Great name. Yes, it is a great name, and thank you for having. I feel like I was just here. You were like, just here, literally like ten days ago. I think. You are, you know, you're basically a member of the show. <laughs> I, I am. I, that's that's what I consider an, myself. An alternate. I'm on the payroll. Uh, Dane right. also is a uh, Minnesota Timberwolves beat reporter, beat writer, beat podcaster, all of those things. So he's going to be our Timberwolves expert as the Nuggets are on a home and away against the Timberwolves. But 
for the first time all year playing the Timberwolves rested. Kind right. of. The first time all year. Are you? Is that worry you? Seeing a yeah. rested Nuggets team? <laughs> yeah, of, of course. I mean, well, they took a rest last night. I mean, that, yeah, that this was, is true. I was saying to Harrison before, that was one of the dumbest games I've covered in a, in a long time. And I mean, it, it was just nothingness, right? I and and yeah. it's been like every time they've played Denver, it's been something like that. Right. There's been a Denver-related excuse. So I'm, I'm actually excited for tomorrow because I know in Timberwolves' world, like you're kind of looking at being the six, seven, eight seed, like Denver is very much a possible first round matchup for this sure. team. So it's interesting to me because we haven't we haven't really seen it, and no cat still. So we see, it's it's not like the Wolves. Are, I know are, that's are the other thing. Yeah. Either, so we, we should we should bet you that. Yeah, the uh, Nuggets have to do this with one division opponent every year because last year they played the Jazz three out of four times on the second night of a back to back. I don't get it. Like every team has Next them. Year I just it's probably don't get why it would ever be a division opponent. I just feel like when you set the schedule, that should, there's certain things you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Division opponents with rest advantages, it shouldn't happen once, of course, but three times it shouldn't happen. For Denver, last year Utah, this year Minnesota, it's really weird. Uh, over here wearing no shoes today is Brennan Vogt. No, there's uh, Dane. These are called subus. You're not okay. wearing any socks. They're though. they're outdoor. Ant wears those. Does he really? Yeah. Vindication, man. Yeah. Holy. Is that vindication? That's massive I don't know vindication. That it, dude, he's 21. <laughs> <laughs> Not vindication at all. Uh, There's just no socks on. Uh, it's just yeah, like, honestly, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable They're slippers, over here, bro. Like, honestly, if this Listen. was like a restaurant, the grade would get lowered for the You guys know what my... This is a restaurant. Yes, this is actually <laughs> a restaurant. What <laughs> am I talking about point, him? Dane. Uh, and then, of course, the man with the wind in his hair, yeah. Harrison Wind. Um, I'm wearing... Shoes with socks. Yeah, and you look good, by the way, Wind. I haven't, you know, you, you really do. I don't wow. know if it's a haircut. If it's Dude, a, thank you, man. You know what? Yeah, Cor- you're shining right here. Yeah. That's nice. All right, guys, let's get into it because we do have a this lot of topics corduroy. to get through with Dane here this week. Um, and I'm going to start you off so hot. I'm putting you under the pressure cooker. Let's do it. You're comfortable on the show now, so now I ask the hard-hitting ones. Is this team better without t- t- Towns? I mean, you just said he's not there in this game, and I'm kind of thinking, like, I wish he was. You have moments of, like, genuinely thinking that. Uh, I think the answer is no, though. Um, there, there are just as many instances this season. It's kind of switched, right? Like the Wolves, Carl's entire career have yeah. been a problematic defensive team. Yeah. And then they're decent last year, right? I mean, they're they're a bottom ten, like fluctuating between like 18th and 20th in in offense this season. So they do need more offense uh, on this team. I, I think the real question is, is like. Does he fit? Like, or how yeah. does it? How does it fit back in? Because the reason the Wolves are even like in the playoff mix right now is Kyle Anderson has been huge. I mean, and obviously Ant has taken off, but like the replacing Cat with Kyle Anderson has been a, a really good fit and really allows them to do a lot of different things. I mean, when they played the Nuggets a couple times ago, like Anderson guarded Jokic right. and Gobert was off ball. I really like that look. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's I think one of the kind of toughest ways you can. Guard Jokic. I mean, still he still had like twenty eight or whatever in that game. But um, yeah, that is they, the way they to guard Jokic, though. But here is the thing: you talking here is almost convincing me the other way, which is I wasn't convincing. Well, no, <laughs> because you are saying since then, you know, Ant's been playing well. Well, maybe he's playing well because there is more space early on in the year. That wasn't that his complaint. Like, it's didn't he have a great fire quote where he's like, "There is no room." Didn't for Didn't he to have go? like no dunks or something? Over yeah, the first like he month did. or that might have been a little bit to do with the twenty one year old pudginess. Yeah, oh, okay. did he come into the okay. season a little puffy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, it like was Jokic weird because it was, like, it was supposed to be all muscle. There was like reports that came up. Shape. You right. put on 
15 pounds and his body fat went down and then you're like okay no dunks for the first like right two right. weeks of the season it's a little Wait. bizarre but uh i mean dude he is he's something now. i mean it's it's like a 27 5 and 5 like every night and that was the biggest thing with him was just inconsistency for, yeah. for the first two seasons and you can kind of just pencil it in now but he's getting his and yeah but to your question like is that because there's no cat like yeah to some extent the consistency of those of those numbers. I'm just saying there's been nights where you go, this team needs more offensively. And Carl didn't have a terrible defensive season last year. He the first, the beginning of his career, defense was a major problem. If he can be solid there, that should I think that should actually move the needle for the Wolves pretty substantially. But hmm. you need you need horses. Like I've I've watched a lot of Wolves this year and they have a lot of clutch time losses where it's just like they don't have enough guys out there. Yeah. And it's it's just Ant, and the defense knows that. And there's and I like these guys as role players, but there's a lot of like Austin Rivers and Nas Reed, and I like t- having a team identity is important. But there's no version of this Wolves team that's the best version of themselves that doesn't include Cat, just because of the talent, right? And they're so young. I mean, I think that's what people don't. You, you add Rudy, and you add like this this veteran, but they turn the ball over like as much as anybody in the league. And there's so much like. We forget, you know, Ant is 21. Jaden plays a ton. He's 22. Like, Nas hasn't really gotten a lot of experiences. He's 23. Jalen Noel plays a bunch. He's 23. Like, it is it is an oddly young team that was, like, supposed to be a contender by, right. by adding Rudy Gobert. I think that's the late-game stuff vote. Like, that has definitely been problematic, and they don't have anything to really go to consistently other than D'Lo in isolation or, right, or, right. or Ant in isolation. They were good late game when they would like kind of run their little horns V action thing with D'Lo, Ant, and Cat right there. That was, that's, that's tough to guard for, for anybody. So if you can get Carl back in the mix and his head's on straight, like, yeah, this team, this team should be better with him. So you're talking about this from a pure basketball standpoint, and I understand, even though I disagree, because I'm going to go on record here, I disagree. I don't think that the Towns go bear pairing works, but more importantly, I don't that think... That wasn't it- the question you asked, though. Well, you asked, are they better at basketball right now? Do I think big picture they should keep those two together? Probably not. But I even mean this year. I mean, the Wolves are playing some good basketball in Towns' absence. For arguably their best of the mm-hmm. year. And I'm just saying I don't think those things are – they're not a one-to-one. It's because he's gone that they're playing well. Yeah. But I do think that it's a big factor in it, and there's probably something to be gleaned from it. But either way, whether you agree or not from a basketball standpoint, here's the real reason I think that it's a problem. This is Ant's team, in my opinion. I know this is a weird dynamic. Like, we get into this. Whose team is it, really? Some teams, it's not clear. Some of the comments from Ant earlier, where it was like, we all know who the problem is, or we all know what, what the problem is and why we can't get here. Whether he was, like, inferring or trying to imply a player, whether he was trying to say this or that, I think what it really means is, does a team know who they are? And when you have two guys who are kind of even talents but completely different needs... It just becomes a, like, what is it we are trying to accomplish? And I think sometimes when you take out one of those pieces, it's like, now we know exactly what we are. Not that we're better or should be better, but it's just everybody knows what we're doing. They were getting so cooked in transition for the first 20 games of the season just playing two centers. So I, I was the one who was asking Ant that, and it was it was funny. Like, all the other guys in the locker room, too, like, turned to, like, they were like, you know what it is. Right. And it's that playing with two centers – they were they could not get back in transition whatsoever. And as the other players and they're stacking up losses, there there was real frustration. Now the frustration is removed. Like I think the vibes are pretty good with the Wolves right now. And yeah, Carl's not there, but I, I do think 
the vibes would have progressed right. had Carl been there. Mm-hmm. I think it was so much to do early on with a lack of familiarity and it being probably a bad fit too right. with, with with two bigs. But I do think it would have similarly progressed if, if Carl. Like I don't think they have a worse record right now. If, if he was if, there, if Carl sure. would have played the whole time. I, yeah. I, I don't think so. One of the things that a lot of people just don't understand about NBA teams is you just need time to mesh when you have new pieces. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets were so bad defensively early on this season. Yeah. Like they ranked twenty eighth in defense for the first couple months of the year. Yeah. They were like down there with teams who were trying to lose, like the Rockets, the Spurs, the Magic. And if you ask guys about it, they were like, "Yeah, we just don't know how to communicate with each other because we." haven't played together before Mm -hmm. and we were here on this show being like oh man they just don't care but i think there's actually like a real thing about playing together and knowing each other and like learning how to communicate with one another you know what's interesting is last year january 1st the wolves were the number one offense the the rest of the season i'm actually just curious i don't know what the answer to this is and it just kind of flipped a switch from there and boom they're going and the same thing has happened this year with with january 2 and I wonder if it has to do with Finch's scheme. And mm. like, this co- he's, he's very much one of the play random coaches, right? Like, it is <clears throat> as unstructured of an offense as you get in the league. And I, I wonder, you mix a lack of structure with a lack of continuity, that that just hurts you at the beginning. And so that reflects really poorly on Cat and the Gobert pairing. Like, maybe, I, I think we just have precedent from last season that it took time yeah. to acclimate a new group to playing under Chris Finch and his little artistic Finchian way right. of playing offense that is just kind of like playing, you know? And and it, it has to, I think it needs to, to click in a little bit more. I don't know what it could be other than that, but it's two years in a row that they've been a completely different team come the turn of the mm-hmm. new year after about 30 games, whatever it is. Um, when does Towns come back? Do we know? It's... You know, Did you know Carly how Carly just goes. say before the end of the season, definitely. Before <laughs> the end of the season, wow. It, but they're not. They haven't set a timetable at any point. ESPN dropped like four to six weeks right afterwards, and that was like four to six weeks ago was okay. when that would have been. And so we don't know. It's been it's been one of those situations where it's been kind of uh, cloudy yeah. at, in terms of what's going on. And you mentioned this already a little bit, but. You know, Tim Conley, I think he has a lot of positive traits and some negative ones, perhaps, you know, or TBD or whatever. But one of the ones that I, you can't convince me otherwise, is I think he is a great culture guy. At least he was in Denver. He was an incredible, like, at helping set the culture. Do you feel like there has been, I mean, it's been tumultuous, but do you feel like the culture is really improving to where it's like, nope, there is something positive energy going on with the org? I don't know. Um, it, it's it's hard to say. I think there's just, I mean, it's gotten better, and 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 I think the culture has gotten better. But when all the things that seem to stack up that get better are things that kind of directly don't work with Rudy, mm. and and so it's like, I don't want to give Tim the credit for sure. a culture when the most problematic thing to the culture right now is this presence of a second center. Not the culture. Not, Rudy's not like a bad teammate or anything like that, but the players are like, okay, we we have to run pick and roll. We have to run lot. We have to give Rudy touch. Like, Rudy's posting up all the time, and it's like 
every time things break down and aren't clean, it, it almost always goes back to Rudy. Or, and that's not all on Rudy, it's like Ant too. Ant can't throw a lob to Rudy to save his life. <laughs> like, he can't. And he has like 14 assists to Rudy this season. <laughs> wow. Like, maybe it's 17. It's this like, is like the it's new, under this 20. This is Donovan Mitchell too, right? There might be something more structurally to this. This is the thing: is there might be something more structurally, not about a weakness in Gobert or this or that, but just the way that you play when you're on the court together. That, yeah. you know, I don't know because it's just like what happened with Donovan Mitchell. He had four passes a game or something like that I, from total. It it is eerily similar. I I mean, Ant too has never like we've asked him about this. He's like, I've never played with a rim roller in my life, yeah. like college, high school, anything. He's He's, that's he's always played in like five out offenses, so of course that's why he loves Nas and like and that's what the, those come from. He's like, yeah, I, I prefer a spread floor, pop it, yeah. But that's just because I think that's what he's you know he's done before. There have been guys though that have worked with Rudy, and they're kind of like the same guys. Like yep. Joe Ingles worked great with Rudy, yep. and Kyle Anderson works great with Rudy, mm. and it's kind of like moving at a different pace, like hitting them on the roll later, hitting them on the lob later, and. That really takes a more advanced basketball IQ than again the the twenty one year old's going to have. Or Deal's trying to sling in those like right. pocket passes off the bounce, and Rudy's not very good at catching. And like, there's there's the contract the pressure too for some reason of we all know where Rudy's real utility is, but because he's paid so much, he's got to get touches. It at least feels like right. I'm sure in his head that's the case, and it complicates what might otherwise be like. In some ways, he's arguably the best role player in the league right mm -hmm. i mean an elite defender and all that but offensively it's it's not a glove on hand fit for any modern offense i think he gets passed to more because he makes 40 million dollars right like there is a pressure in that whether it be organizationally coaching like all that if it was just you know if it was just a straight role playing rim rolling it was Nerlens noel right like they would not pass to Nerland's Noel as much as they pass to Rudy Gobert. Sure. And I would say those are like pretty similar offensive players, right? In a vacuum. Um, but that part is kind of weird. It seems forced a lot of the time to get to Rudy. Though, again, increasingly less so as the season goes right. on. The fan base coming around on him at all? Or is he still kind of like never going to be the beloved one? Well, it's tough. Ant has everyone's heart. Of course. So it's the same for it's the same for Cat. Um, you know, it, it's Delo's kind of the the really good example of that, where Delo's having his best season. And last like you, twenty games or something, he's shooting like fifty percent. Dude, it's insane. His his shooting numbers are insane yeah. this season. Uh, net impact, not you know, not so much. So it's not that people are totally wrong uh, about that, but yeah, it. I think Wolves fans go this group of the four: Delo, Ant, Cat, Rudy. It doesn't make sense to them. Um, and, you know, I guess the front office is holding out that it is one of those time things. But, yeah, pretty much it just seems like everybody really likes Ant. That, yeah. that, that seems to be the vibe. He's very likable. And Nas. Nas. Everybody loves Nas. Really? Yes. yes so Everyone here, too. So Yeah, same thing in Denver. <laughs> everybody <laughs> likes Nas. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit here, man. Um, oh, he'd be so good. To start to frame the conversation about trades, you know, in the NBA, especially with the Nuggets, I kind of want to know what Minnesota's short and long-term goals are because I feel like that's not quite defined. <laughs> so I don't know how helpful I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll walk through it. We'll, we'll, we'll work yeah. it out. I think that the Timberwolves are a team in flux. They're a feel-good story right now. I am, of course, under the impression that they'd be better without Carl Anthony Towns, but whatever. Here's the thing. You just mentioned all the guys that are young. They're not a lot of veteran players. I think their best days are ahead of them should they decide that their best days are ahead of them. A lot of teams get to this point, 
They feel like, oh man, we've had talents for a while. We got this. Let's go all in. Mm -hmm. And I just think that they can probably approach this deadline as well as their next year a little bit more patiently, and it'll pay off tenfold in the next two seasons. What do you think their short-term goals are or should be? Can you give me an example of what just being patient at the deadline would look like? Does that just, I mean, are you suggesting like getting off of older players? Here's, here's what I mean. And I'm not even going to bring up specifics. I'm just saying right now the Minnesota Timberwolves are one game out of the four seed. And I think when you're that close, there's a temptation to say like, hey, man, we could be home court advantage if we just make <laughs> no, a yeah, move yeah. that just gets us over the hump. And it's like, well, you got over the little hump. But maybe it costs you, as opposed to, I think you'll be a playoff team. It's not a given. It's actually, you're also close to being a play-in team, and True. then it's like, whatever. But I think there's a foundation in place when you look at the McDanielses, the, uh, obviously the Ants. You know, you've got some players there that I'm like, hey, maybe this is the gap year with some players, but you move on to eventually you have a new iteration of this team. That's all I mean. Yeah, well, I, I think functionally it's, it's tough to make a win-now move if you're the Wolves. You don't have picks that you can trade. So you couldn't even go get that like sixth, seventh man, you know, the three and D guy that everyone's looking for. Like they couldn't even add that really if they sure. wanted to. So any sort of move kind of like hinges on D'Angelo Russell, Nas Reed or Jalen Noel and D'Lo's on a max and the other two guys are on a minimum. So it's kind of hard to even play the like fake trade game with them. It's I, I think any move you are making or not making is is committing to one of those guys, right? Mostly like Nas or, or D'Lo. And, and I think Nas is the most interesting example of it's like that for most teams, this is a really good development story. Like this should be a guy, you know, you want to keep, you start him on a two way, he's making nothing. You want to extend him and, and keep him. But it also doesn't make much sense to keep Nas Reed. He's never functioned as a four. Like it's always been a disaster when he's played by Rudy or by Cat. So you're really looking at him being the third center on your team. So why <laughs> would you keep him? Right. You know, you know what I mean? And that is the youth movement thing would be to, oh, let's extend Nas, four years, whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I think Tim has this weird – is in this weird situation where he kind of needs to, like, make moves now, like maybe a Nas extension that doesn't make sense in the current construct of the team. Or, like, Bones Highland, for example. If you traded for Bones Highland – on this roster, to me, that makes no sense because you shouldn't, you don't want to play Bones Highland next to Jalen Noel or D'Angelo Russell in your backcourt because now you got three guys who have just as problematic defensive issues. But maybe Bones is like your one guy once D'Lo and Noel are gone. So it, it, it's, I've never covered a deadline like this where it's, it's not, it's not a buyer or seller thing. It's, it's kind of like a little bit of 3D chess for them. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't know what the right move is, and so much of it has to do with like what what could you get for D'Angelo Russell? What? Are, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the big question. I don't think that Minnesota is looking to make the big like Towns move now or anything like that. That's probably they literally can't trade him right now. Oh, really? Because he signed that supermax oh, extension. Oh, so he's so he's like okay. Yeah, so he's the earliest in. they could is like in the July seventh or whatever. Once the moratorium ends. Okay, um, and then D'Angelo would be the only other one. But like mm -hmm. you mentioned, like that's. I don't. I don't know if the market's for there for him. It seems like yeah. Be a little I mean, rushed. I think you're getting like a best case, a, like a Kyle Lowry or a Mike Conley, like another. Uh, no, like, I think I think for that, if you were going to trade him again, this is why I was bringing up the short and long term hmm. goal is because you might take a step back in the short term if you traded him yeah. in a deal that set you up for better success. If you were looking at this team saying, 
we want to make the playoffs and maybe we can, maybe we can't without it, but we're going to be so set up for the next three mm-hmm. years if we do things right right now. I, I would do the, the do things later right yeah. move. Like that, that was the, the biggest thing that didn't make sense to me with Rudy outside of it being as many picks as it was was that it seemed like a move that was so betting on Carl Anthony Towns' prime right. rather than Anthony Edwards' prime. Like, yep, I agree. Ant, Ant isn't going to – Rudy will not be on the Timberwolves by the time Ant's in his prime. Yeah. Like, and now, till 2029, you don't have first-round picks that you can trade right. when you're necessarily, as you guys have gone through with Jokic, going to need to piece together right. a roster. That's Every year, it's like – Put it back in the bowl. Stir it up. Like, what, yeah. do, what do we need now? And they don't yeah. have many ingredients to be able to, you know, go get that guy. Not to yeah. do the cross-sport thing, but I honestly think this is what happened to the Broncos is they had five bad years. Yeah. And it was just like, this is taking too long. And then you make a rash decision that actually sets you back another five years. And I just think Minnesota's in a similar spot. I mean, the Towns, the, the Gobert-Towns pairing, whatever, that's in the past. But I am just saying that right now I look at it as like, man, we haven't done this in a while. We're right there at the four seed. And you have a tendency to want to be like, let's do it. And then you're like, well, this didn't actually bear fruit long term. It just kind of gave us one little seven game series. I, mean, I just I don't know what the do it is though. Like yeah. I don't I don't know what the win now. Move it could is. just be yeah. getting cap back. Yeah, and, and I, I think I, I think, think if you're is, Minnesota, <laughs> I mean, I'm I, so out on terms. Yeah. Like, I think if you're Minnesota, you just kind of push the can down the the road to next yeah. summer. Yeah. Like, and if I know Tim Connolly, I feel like a classic trade that he would make here. I don't know if it'll happen, but like Nas Reed for Bones Highland feels like a Tim Connolly trade because this happened in Denver a lot where if the Nuggets had a guy who was coming up to be a free agent like Nas Reed is and couldn't retain him on a team-friendly deal, they looked to trade him. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Malik Beasley and Wancho Aaron yep. Gomez when they got traded to Minnesota, actually, mm-hmm. ironically. Um, and then in return... Like you get a second draft guy that you can like kind of bet on that a team has soured on. So like Nasri for Bones Highland, that seems like a Tim Connolly trade. Tim second draft Tim Connolly trades are usually second drafts. I mean yeah. Trey Lyles, you know, was a second. Will Barton was a second draft guy. It's yeah. guys where you're like, I think and Bones to me is a really great second draft guy if you oh, have yeah. the cultural infrastructure and opportunity ahead for him, which I don't know if they do. But like he's very likely to be a good player. Yeah. So that's a great second draft. You're taking him because the situation yeah. was bad that he was in. Yeah. The only thing, I mean, Dane, I don't know. To me, part of the emotional weight of the disappointment around the Wolves or the initial disappointment is that last year there was real momentum. Yeah. And like, well, this is a very different Wolves team. It's also a very different West. They're a game out of the four seed. There's a there's still a chance to we say kick the can down the road improve on last season keep the organizational momentum going forward they're, so that was the whole reason they made the rudy move yep yeah, hold on right. it was to do that to keep going forward yeah, they're, so. they're they're also a game out of the 12 seed i understand i'm just saying it's a little this is where things can get so confusing is yeah. you can't phrase it one way without phrasing yeah. it the other but they are a two-game lose streak away just, from being out yeah. of the play-in see what you have this year and um, can, can i ask you guys about a bones nas trade from the denver side sure. of it yeah how impactful do you think adding Nas, let's just say that was the trade right now. Like, how much does Nas move the needle or not move the needle for Denver? Um, I think he would sh- help shore up a second unit that's been, like, the biggest weakness 
on the Nuggets this year. Like the bench has been. You didn't like how DJ played last night. <laughs> <laughs> he played what? <laughs> Continue. No, I'm yeah. actually interested in this answer. No, I mean like the second unit has been the black eye on the Nuggets all year. Um, the backup center position has big, been a big question mark. Zeke Naji has been good at backup center. Do I trust him in the playoffs? No. I think Nas Reed is better. Um, so, you know, from that angle, I think it would definitely improve the Nuggets for sure. Here's something to consider, and I'll hear your response on this vote, but part of what makes Zeke work is that he allows you to switch everything. Yep. And there's weaknesses to that. The offense hasn't looked good. I think Nas Reed's an offensive player, not a defensive one, personally. I think he's, he's a better like, I think his player. defense is actually Switching like, is his best coverage, though, I would say. So, okay, so maybe then it does allow you to switch. My thought was, if you add a center, a true center to that lineup, does it make your switch defense a little bit less? And therefore, is Nas Reed adding enough offensively to make up for the defensive deficiency that you bring there, mm-hmm. knowing that it, that lineup wasn't a plus anyway to begin with? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, the Nuggets bench... The Nuggets team was a much different team last year, but the Nuggets bench was good with DeMarcus Cousins. And Nas Reed is kind of similar to DeMarcus Cousins, I think. (laughs) The DeMarcus Cousins of last year. I think they're actually very similar. Yeah. He's that in his game? Yeah, he's like an offensive playmaker, I mean, he's a good shooter, yeah. Adam, I promise if Nas Reed comes here, he is like one of those guys who will really... I liked him. I've liked him for a while. Like going back, I even Mm -hmm. liked him. I just, again, he's more of an offensive player, and I think he takes away the versatility of the unit. Which is the only thing. He might do that, yeah. And then on top of that, there's the like, he's a pretty good player. I don't know that he he might just be a two month player for Denver. He might be a runner. I mean, he wants a bag, right? Nazarene. He, I mean, he's made like six million total dollars in a four year career. I think, and I don't know if the Nuggets would be in that business. I just don't think he like the bench is such a small part of this that I don't. He make if he makes them better, I think it's marginally. Yeah, and then it's uh, is that the best thing you could do? And by the way, the answer might be yes. I, Nas is gonna be a, a good player in a couple of years. I don't know when that's gonna mm-hmm. totally happen, and and that that I think is the crux of this a, a bones for Nas type deal or or just Denver trading for Nas in general is is can he be impactful right now when you're trying to go win a championship? And if that's the case, or whoever the center is for Denver, like yeah. then you're wanting to pour in more assets, maybe even something on top of Bones mm. for, for that type of trade. And if I'm the Timberwolves, that's the, the only team I'm trading Nas to. I'm not just doing Nas for like two seconds mm-hmm. and, and, and picking that up. I think he, he has shown enough upside potential and serious game to be like, Unless we can get something that's significant here, relatively speaking, then let's do the extension thing and then let's let's ride it out. Or let's just have Carl's still not back. And I don't know what the hell's going on with right, Carl. So like right. you they might just need to keep Nas for that reason. But I I I wouldn't do bones for Nas straight up. You wouldn't? Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I I'm like if there is one player that I am like highest on relative to the market with the wolves, it's Nas. Interesting. Um so that might be a, a little bit of that there. But I think if, if I were Denver and I thought that Nas could make an impact this season and get rid of that 12 minutes a night at backup center from being that black eye, I would con- I would I don't think it's a terrible idea to give even more than than bones for them, though. You guys know 
the value of Bones, and it's as low as it's ever been now. I think if we had this conversation a year ago, it'd be like, what, Bones Highland? For it would have been, been absurd. Right. I will it's say, not absurd anymore, though, to say right, that, right. that even more should be coming back from debt, in right. my opinion. I'd be surprised if it was just Bones for Nuts, yeah. actually. Mm, I mean, I don't think you do it if you're Denver. Like, you're not that desperate to trade Bones. I mean, there is the weird well, scenario. The well, worst scenario I think is you. I think that <laughs> ship has sailed, man. I don't, I don't think so. Well... Right. I don't think so. I mean, you don't. You what are you wanting to get back for bones? Like, what would be a a first round pick? Would be yeah, nice. I mean, I think that's that's now almost moved into the best case scenario. Just because I don't think Denver has. If you found a ball handler for a second unit with size, get it. I just don't think bones is worth that. Like yeah. even the B version of that. So um, that. So I think it'd be hard. You're just looking at a pick because that's basically kicking the can down the road, saying I, we got an asset, we traded an asset and got an asset, and it's even, and you don't have mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. I try and get Jalen Noel back in that trade if I were Denver too, because he, I mean, he's not having a good shooting season, but he is like discount bones. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd watch him like last like night. Noel. Yeah. Like they could last. use, like they really have in the Atlanta game and against Minnesota, obviously, you know, they're, they're more dust. That second unit misses bones and Jalen has that, you know, that type of game too. So maybe it's like your ninth or 10th man or something like that. Right. I, I think, you know, if that means getting a pick in it too, like throw, throwing Noel in there, he is he is discomposed. Yeah. I think what Cal- what Calvin Booth has to do here, there's like we've seen him do some good things. I've said I've been on record. I think Calvin Booth has the right vision. Like in talking to him about basketball, I always walk away going like that makes a lot of sense. That's how you win with this Nuggets team. So I think he has the right vision. The, then the question becomes, do you turn all these pull these moves off? Like you can yeah. have the right vision, but can you get it? And one of the things that I think I'm interested to see. I just have a default bones fetches you a pick of some sort, you know, some some type of asset in that regard. If, um, but there's always the opportunity for you to take advantage of a situation. Meaning, some team had big plans at the deadline, they fell through, and all of a sudden a GM yeah. is sitting there going, "I'm two months away from being fired right, unless yeah. I tell my owner something big here." And if that becomes like the the good GMs just seem to find a way to get that phone call in, like, hey. You're not sitting too pretty. I got a way to get you out of this hell you're in. Mm-hmm. Bones Highland is a great player. You play him for the next two months, and you're going to see it there, and you can sell that. And so that's what I want to see. Bones has years left on his deal, too. Oh, like, for sure. Like that, Nas is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Like Bones should be more of an asset than, than Nas or than a lot of people because he's that two more years and then restricted free agency. Like That is a very important element of assessing Bones' trade. I don't, sure. I don't think Denver is looking to trade um, Zeke Naji. But he is from Minnesota. He is. he is a good young player, and more importantly, he's a good he provides. Kid. He's a good kid. He has <laughs> defense and shooting. I mean, allegedly, his shot hasn't been perfect this year. I but think it's coming around. It is coming around. He's starting to make actually. him again. But he has size, a power forward that you could put next to a Towns because he can guard. Is he a player that you think would make sense long term in Minnesota? I I actually went to the same high school as uh, that's right as nice. uh, Zeke did. So I, I should really is he I, big I, there? Famous around those parts? Or? Yeah, I mean, relatively so, I guess. Really? I'm just I, I, I would not have guessed this anyway. I, I don't know. Uh, he's a lot. We would not go to high school at the same time. <laughs> that's what you're asking. Um, I'm not super into Zeke Nagy on, on the Wolves. I'm, I want more like Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson type fours that you squint and there are three rather than you squint and there are five. And I think Zeke is, is, is that. Yeah. Um, though, like, what do you. 
What do you think Tim's into on the current roster? Like, I mean, he Tim drafted really Zeke. Like Tim's so. into guys that are nice. Bones and Zeke. Yeah, that is Bones true. and Zeke. I think he would be into. I don't. I mean, more Bones than Zeke. Typically. Yeah, for sure. Zeke is, he seems Bo- like Bones is a Tim Connolly guy. I, I mean, if, if there's anybody like out there, that's. I mean, Tim Connolly drafted Bones. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you know this, guy. Dane. One of his opening quotes with you guys was that he literally said his method of evaluating is asking himself, "Is that boy nice?" Yes, that's a real thing. Nice as in a nice hooper, not as in a nice. No, person. yeah, as in nice with the rock. <laughs> yeah, nice with and the that's rock. That's Bones Highland. Um, and then the, the Zeke part of this, I'm so curious, like to know what the plan long term was, because to me, Zeke would fit with uh, uh, Rudy Gobert as this like stretch player who can shoot the three from that spot, gives you size, can mm-hmm. guard. I don't know if he does with Towns, but if you were looking at a backup five who could play a little four as well, to me that would be like, okay, that's the plan there. If you're keeping both players long term, it doesn't make any sense at all. But neither does Naj Reed, so right. who knows? Well, and then they have like I don't know if there's a huge distinction bet- in their eyes between Zeke Naji and Nate Knight. And the, the Wolves for some reason have five centers on their roster, <laughs> and they actually like Luca Garza kinda, too. Yeah, you know, Luca Garza he played well the other night. Yeah, like they actually like and. I mean, Luka Garza is a better shooter than Zeke Nagy is. Is he? Like, yeah. yeah. He knocked him some down the other night. I mean, and obviously Zeke would be a way, way better defender. So, you know, like that sort of thing. But I just, I'd be shocked if this team added a big um, at at the deadline. It would need to be like in the midst. Hey, maybe it's bones for Luka Garza. Let's let's get all of you this lobby. Well, actually, I will bring it up Bosnia. I would vote here. You were were saying something. Well, it's not Garza, but you were just in terms of packages, right? Like there is something to Denver keeps trying to play Zeke as a five. He's a four. And you're talking about what is Nas Reed's role if there are two centers, star centers in Minnesota. He can't really play four. Well, Denver needs a five. So maybe just like if it starts with bones, but there's just work to be done there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, just I, so, I just want to ask these ones just so that <laughs> the chat nice knows thing. I'm asking. You know, Jaden McDaniels would be a perfect nugget. What is the price? To, actually, let me give you this one. Let me give you this one. I'm going to make it hard on you. Give the case that the Wolves should trade Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, yeah. 
There is no case. All right. Well, do you like they are so desperate for wing defense, and Jaden is awesome at it. Like I think he'll make an an all defensive team, and it is just so important because they lose Patrick Beverly, they lose Jared Vanderbilt, they lose Malik. I mean, those were the guys who were defending on the wing, and now you're left with that puts Ant on the ball more often. D'Lo, like D'Lo, was off hitting every game last season. You can't do like Jaden is so important defensively to what the Wolves did. I mean, the word was like when the Gobert trade was going down is that if they would have put McDaniels in that trade, the Wolves could have kept two of the unprotected first round picks. Mm. So that worth sets, two, two unprotected picks is I mean, and he's gonna be like if I was his agent, I would be like and he's extension eligible this summer. I mean I be push, pushing for 25 plus million a year yeah. just because the Wolves are so desperate mm. for for what he brings and he's clear he's going to develop even more into an offensive player like it's just one of those guys that you you have on the team that you cover and you're like nobody really knows how good this guy is I, yet and it will not no, nobody knows but like I think it's switched this year though it's it's moving it's moving in that in that direction but like I think Jaden Finch loves Jay. he compared he compared him to Scottie Pippen after his Sheesh. his his uh, rookie year, like Finch is, uh, they they will hold on to what what's the <laughs> diamond fingers, diamond hands, yeah, diamond hands, diamond uh, hands. Jaden Jaden's not going anywhere. So you would be very shocked if there was a Bones Zeke Jaden McDaniel's <laughs> trade. Yeah. No, I said Harrison. I said Jokic. We'll do it for Jokic. Yeah, for Jokic. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't need another center though. You're <laughs> not going to so bring true. in another Man, center. Collecting centers over there. Zeke in the deal. We put Nas. All right, you could have Garza. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to here. Give me the list of the teams that Minnesota most wants to play, or you most think they should want to play in the playoffs. Yeah, I've, th- I've thought about this, and the standings are like jumping around so yep. much. Obviously, if you're a team in the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff group, you know six, seven, eight, the Kings are who you want. Obviously, way more than uh, the Nuggets. Not or the for Grizzlies. fit reasons, just because you think they're the weakest team. And. And I think with the Wolves, it's really important of I'm looking at matchups of how can Rudy be weaponized in the mm. series, probably on defense. And I don't think Sabonis presents a real like floor spacing issue with, with Rudy in the playoffs. Um, I, I just think that that's the, the ideal matchup for them. I think the Wolves with their heads on straight are a similar caliber team to, to Sacramento. I think the the question that I've gone back and forth, and probably the more likely question is, is Nuggets or Grizzlies, and you know, not to like offend <laughs> Nuggets listeners, I, I I think it'd be better for the Wolves to play the Nuggets in the first round. Almost the re- beat the Grizzlies last year. They they did. They had a very different team last year, mm-hmm. and I'm I would be very concerned about the Wolves against the Grizzlies in a playoff series from a physicality standpoint. The Wolves are not physical. They would get punked on the glass. Um, in, in that, I'm not saying it's a huge difference between mm-hmm. those two. I'm really into the idea of what we saw the second time the Wolves played the Nuggets, where you let Rudy spy off of Aaron Gordon, and and is able to limit Jokic in some way. With it was Kyle Anderson on the other one. I, can Cat guard Jokic? Can that? Can you put Cat on Jokic in a playoff series with Rudy spying off of Gordon? McGordon shot four of eighteen from the field in in that game and was just kind of perplexed by not getting guarded now the issue he had 12 offensive rebounds that game like that's what you give up by by going that direction i i really i don't think denver is a terrible match a, a terrible choice out of terrible like they're all bad options right. they're really good teams up there 
Um, I, I think if you're the Wolves, you'd rather play Denver than, than Memphis. That's Are you know, offended by that? Um, no, I'm no, not. No, I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm, I, it's curious because I, we just don't know how Denver matches up with Minnesota. We haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff is kind of weird. You do have this t- might offend you. I'd rather play Denver than Phoenix or Golden State. That's I mean, very offensive, Dan. I, I take a lot of offense. <laughs> you, to that. You'd rather play Denver than the defending champ and four-time NBA champs. Like that one's not offensive. Um, and honestly, even Phoenix. Like I think everybody everybody loves to clown Phoenix. I think everybody universally loves to clown. That's, that is true. They're very I like easy to. Clown them. to. Yeah. But I think everybody in the back of their mind is still like, they have it in them yeah. to be really, really good. Yeah. So we'll see. We don't know if they have it in them to be champions, but we know they have it in them to be really, Which really be good. be annoying in a series. Who does Denver at least want to get in a, in a first round match? Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. And I think, and then Phoenix for me would be a quick number mm-hmm. two in that order. So, um, yeah. Would you rather so play the, the Wolves way. or the Pelicans? The Pelicans. Rather, rather play the Wolves or the Pelicans? Mm-hmm. Probably the Pelicans. Oh, I would say me. I would say Wolves. It's a best player problem. Yeah, that's a good reason. In the playoffs, just mm-hmm. Pelicans just you know Ant's going to play before. in the playoffs. You don't know if their best player is going to. That's play a good point, Dane. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, just Bo- assuming both teams I think are are have a wide variety of outcomes right now. It's getting smaller every game that goes by because there's less and less season. But both like New Orleans can be really good or really bad, and Minnesota to me could be really good and really bad. If you told me that. Denver swept Minnesota in a playoff series, I would not be surprised. And if you told me I'd that they lost surprised. to them, I'd be a little surprised. But I would, I would, it wouldn't be like out. It's not out of the realm of possibility that there's really? something that gives them a heart. You know, like no, it really did fluster them being able to throw this length or something. I don't know. So. Um, I would be lean, obviously, more towards Denver handling that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying the obviously wide Obviously, they'd be massive favorites there. I I don't know. I mean, would they be able – do you feel super confident in, like, the KCP, um, Bruce Brown, like, guarding the Ant type of guy? Do you like, we got our perimeter defender guy, whether it, whether it be Ant or, you know, Paul Den- George or Denver something like that? Denver only struggles with one thing. I know it's crazy if you don't watch them all the time, but they only struggle with one thing, and that's pick and roll. And I know Ant can run some pick and roll, and he does some of that stuff, but it's not. It's different than Donovan Mitchell, speedy, turn the yeah. corner, and it's like you got to throw all the bodies at him. It's much more of a deliberate. How are the Wolves the team that doesn't have pick and roll? <laughs> like, I mean, that's just, that has been my thing. Like, Rudy, actually, but even, even just they the don't role, run it. Like D'Angelo Russell's really that's good, crazy. but even he is a different type of good pick and roll player. It's really the Damian Lillard. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing. Like, the Wolves are not a good pick and no. roll team. They just don't do it that often. It is, no. not, it is nowhere near the part of their identity that I thought it would be. I'm telling you, I don't know. what De- Denver in the playoffs has played Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, one of the best pick and roll players. Duos of that era. Yeah, you played Dame Lillard, one of the best pick and roll players of that era. You've played Steph Curry. Like, part of me doesn't know if Denver's actually bad defensively or if they just keep going up against the best pick and roll <laughs> options possible. And you then they played a team in the Clippers who just goes your turn, my turn, and ISO, 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 at least and, on the stretch. And by the end of that series, the Clippers just didn't know what to do. They were solved. I mean, yeah. that was a, they solved the Clippers. Yeah. With regards to the Wolves matchup, I thought there was something more kind of valid to the matchup problems last year. It, like, there was a physical edge to the Wolves yeah. that I think is lost. And they played in a way that I actually thought was the one thing Denver was lacking. I mean, last year they were lacking their best players as well. But there was just, like, an in-your-face ferocity and, like, kind of edge to them that I don't really see this year. This year, to me, I think it seems a little bit more just 
rest and Denver not having their guys. Mm -hmm. Like I would think in a seven game series, it goes Denver's way. Yeah. We got to move quickly. So here, run, give the case. There's going to be an open, at least one open spot for a playoffs because Steph Curry's out. Mm -hmm. By the way, guys, that Steph Curry news is now they're saying like four weeks or something. It could be a like minimum. Might, it might be a major development here in the uh, playoff saga. For we'll, sure. We'll talk Absolutely. about that another time. But um, make the case that Anthony Edwards deserves that spot. I think the the coolest thing for me covering Ant this year has been seeing him evolve into a leader. And and it was I mean, it was rough when Carl went out. And you know, they're they're ten and eleven and everyone hates the trade and things were bad. And and I thought at that time I was like, All right, Ant, like it's go. Like go do this, lead like lead the team to keep him at five hundred, maybe a game or two over five hundred and he did it. Like he he really did that. He did it efficiently. He did it in adding to his game. Um, I, I think he is the only reason the Wolves aren't a complete dumpster fire, at least for this season. Right. And and I don't mean that to take away from you know De'Aaron Fox. I didn't really know Jamal Murray was in this conversation, but spice. I thought you were actually joking when we sent it to break. Um, <laughs> I wow. guess that's just because I hadn't really been thinking about it. But, I mean, Ant, what Ant has done this year to me has, has really exceeded expectations. And at a time, they needed to do it. And the number one case, the number one reason it's silly, I think, in the first place, that it was like a no-brainer, Paul George and Jaron Jackson Jr. over them. I mean, Ant's played 20 more games, than, or like right. 18 more games than those guys, too. So what, you know, what are you valuing um, in that situation? The Clippers, I value playing. Clippers and the Grizzlies have better records than, than the Wolves. So I, I, I get it. To that end, and I guess I get that with uh, with Jamal Murray there too. And Th that's Fox. the Jamal Murray argument. It's like he's contributed to winning. You know, like the, the Nuggets are the number one seed. When we talked though, like two weeks ago, you came on my show, Harrison. You said if they should get another one, it should be Aaron Gordon. What what changed? Uh, that was yeah, that was like two three weeks ago. A Aaron Gordon, he was the guy for the first half of the season he's he's tailed off though no I and jamal murray's come on yeah, i would yeah. say he was the guy of the first 20 jamal's been the guy of the last 20 and then in between there was just a blending they both were good but it was <laughs> literally like a, I just said. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well i'm saying it was more stark it's not like it's not it it, it wasn't just like Adam this and then it went to this too. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying jamal, that there was jamal a point Murray's where it, really come on over the last 20 games like yeah. since he hit this game winner in portland he's he's been back like he he's been the guy um gordon was the stabilizer mm -hmm. the first half of the season when you know Fact. jamal was missing games he wasn't playing in back-to-backs some nights he would have 25 the next night he would have 10 gordon was the rock but then you know jamal murray's kind of come on more, listen, listen more to this Phil, both guys are shooting 46.1 percent from the field effective field goal percentage 53.2 to 53.6 in favor of jamal i mean the same basically mm -hmm. and then points per game uh, and is averaging 4.5 more points per game, but on 3.2 more shots. So mm -hmm. basically, their numbers are the exact same. A little higher usage in, in Ant's case, but yeah. And, and I don't know. You apply it to like the team and what? Not that Denver didn't need Jamal Murray to to right. be with this. Sure. This was that would be the the case I would make is the Wolves would be like totally have the same record as like the Magic right now if Ant yeah. didn't step up. I I way. think Ant deserves it definitely. Over Jamal. One guy's what about over Fox? Sure. It, 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 Advanced stats, box plus minus. Also, Murray one guy plays with Jokic, man. Like One yeah, guy's so pick true. and roll partner is Rudy Gobert right now. And Ant has been significantly better than Jamal defensively this season. Okay. Okay. I want you to give where – it's actually for us. 
Where are the Timberwolves going to finish in the standings when it's all said and done? You want like a number or a number? Right now they're four, hanging on <laughs> by an edge. It could go either direction real quick. Oh wait, no. Right now they're seven. Sorry, right now they're seven. Twenty. Yeah, I was like, the, I, didn't, I didn't check it this morning. Yeah. Did everybody it, lose? It, it's pretty. Sp- it does. They, they, pretty they had, they're one like, game back of four. What do you? Okay, I'll answer. I'm gonna say six. I'm I'm curious what you guys think. How Dallas is going to move in the standings for the mm. rest of the season? I man, this is tough because the uh, Golden State move complicates this a little bit. Yeah, it pushes. I it think down. Dallas will move up. Well, hold on. I'm going with Minnesota first. I'm going to take under six. I think they're mm. a playing team. I think the Clippers are probably in. I think the Suns are probably going to be in. Sacramento's obviously staying. And that means there's one last spot that is for Dallas, Minnesota, Golden State, New Orleans, Utah, Portland, Oklahoma City, and mm-hmm. the Lakers. I just think that there's a complication that's going to arrive when you get Kent Towns back. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know. Probably, it's, I'd set the line at like six and a half. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I I'd, go, I'd go under. Six, seven, or eight is where I'm anticipating the, the Wolves finishing. Yeah. yeah, seven, probably seven. I'll take under. So we all went under yeah. on, on the six pick. Okay, Dallas it is, is a, possible. Dallas a wild card though. It's an. I, I get your question. I, they I do know. play seventeen of their final twenty six games on the road. They're on the road. Twenty six. Dallas yeah, seventeen. Oh, definitely. Under. No, 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 no. Minnesota. Does. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely under. Then under. Yeah. Dallas. Where do I think they're going to go? I think they'll go up. I, I think actually, they'll go up too. I actually think this I move works for for one season. I don't think it works next year, mm-hmm. but I think it's like. Yeah, I think it works for. Four months. This is yeah, exactly. And that's all they need it to. And I actually think Dallas becomes a little dangerous. All right, Kale, pull up the graphic real quick. Uh, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year, man. I'm just gonna give it to them. They're tough. Like Luca gets you 90 percent of the way there. Is Kyrie? Could he ruin a series? Yes. Could he win a series? Yes. Yeah. That's my official. Thing. What happens the first time he yells at Kyrie? Zoom in the a little there, Kale. There you Wood. go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna list out some names. I want you guys to help me, Dane. You can kind of chime in if you want, but you two help me. Places you do not want to see are places that would be bad for uh, Bones Highland to go for Denver I love versus this. bad for him personally, okay? The Los Angeles Lakers, would that be good for Bones and good for Denver? Bad for both? What do you guys think? Um, bad, f- bad for Denver. For sure. Bad for Bones. <laughs> you think it would be bad for Bones? I'm with yeah. Wind. I'm with Wind. Just because, like, left. lifestyle reasons? Yeah. Like, supremely bad? <laughs> he would that get far so, in the corner? He would get so hyped up by the Laker media machine. Oh, man, man you're right. It could not be good for his mental. <laughs> I think we move this one closer. I think it's in that quadrant, but I think it's only a foot in that quadrant. He's not I playing definitely defense. think it's bad for Denver. Yeah. Think so about I how much the Lakers the, are yeah. hyping up Max Christie right now. Uh, now imagine they have Bones Highland. <laughs> My God. He's, right. he's, he's not be, playing defense in L.A. Look, either, man. man, I don't know that it would be that bad for Bones, though. I mean, he would become famous. He might get a music deal. I'm you gonna, know what? I'm, I, I think I'm just talking about his basketball career, but okay. <laughs> it might be bad for his basketball career. might be great for his personal career. He might career. get a music deal. Right. The yeah. Phoenix Suns. They do shrooms in L.A.? Um, I think this... That was a good joke. <sighs> bad for the Nuggets. Bet, like better than the Lakers for Bones, though. Okay. What makes it bad for the Nuggets? Like a team you're going to see a lot, a team you're going to catch in the playoffs. Like what? I think it's that. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. You, you traded him away to a place where now you're. Is, is he gonna? Is this gonna come back to like? And we hate burn these the teams. Nuggets. So Eastern Conference is universally good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely more likely okay. to be better. I mean, there is I'm one team. Now. There's one team that's going to come. I don't up want there. him to thrive for our foes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So you think it's like right there, Harrison? Probably. I mean, Chris Paul might hate Bones Island. <laughs> <laughs> hey, might. 
I, think I don't be. know, man. You know what? Like, uh, who's their good campaign? Little trash talk, like whatever. Little firecracker trash talker, and everybody likes yeah. it. It works there. Like Bones might actually. <laughs> but campaign yeah, was like what? Bones when he, he was is. twenty. Right? Yeah. Camp he campaigns is. kind of held. I think feel like he's grown up a little. No. All right. The Seventy Sixers. Okay. okay then. Seventy <laughs> uh, Sixers. Oh, dude. Um, this is good for Bones. This is gr great for Bones, and it's yeah. it's terrible for uh, for the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I would put it all the way in the corner of. It, yeah. it, it is worse than the. Yeah, it's so bad for the Nuggets. Like Bones would start hyping up Embiid. He one hundred percent. He's the best big I've ever played oh, with. Like man. immediately, we, we <laughs> couldn't take that. We just we couldn't take that. This would be the worst case scenario for oh, sure. They start. He and his camp turn into anti yoke guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure they would. Yeah. Clippers. Um. That'd be really good for Bones. The Clippers would be a great spot for him. Would Bones play on the Clippers? I don't think Bones would play on the Clippers. John Wall for the Clippers? He's a buyout candidate. John Wall they for They kind of need a... He's better than Reggie they, Jackson. They, I, I he's better than John Wall. I don't get the whole idea that they really need a point... And is Bones like a point guard, point guard? I, I don't know. No. It's right. kind of similar to their bucket getters. Right? Washington Wizards. That's random. Um... <laughs> Maybe good, for good, Monte good Morris. for the Nuggets, good oh, for okay, Bones. Okay, okay. Good for the Nuggets, good for Bones. I agree. I think this is the ultimate would be good for both sides. If he yeah. went to Washington, it's so far away. Washington's not in the finals anytime soon. You don't yeah. have to worry about any of that. Is this just where we put our former guys out to pasture now? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. DC. Go see Wes. You'll like it out there. Go see Uncle Wes. <laughs> You'll yeah. like it. It's nice and peaceful for you. <laughs> the weather is nice. Are we going to get the Wolves on it's here, not, Caleb? Yeah, let's get the Timberwolves. Why not? Let's go Timberwolves. I actually think it would be great for Bones. Yeah. I think He's I think back it, with Tim. And I actually think it would be okay for Denver just because I think it's not a thing that would pay immediate dividends. Although you never know. I don't know. Bones are pretty pissed right now, and you might play the Wolves in the If you the had him in the playoffs, round. that would be Ooh, tough. That first yeah. round series would be juicy. But I also think as great as Bones is, this year he's not ready to guard the Nuggets in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, he might go for 30 and still yeah. be a minus five against the Nuggets. Yes. yes. I don't think it would be good for the Wolves. <laughs> I think it's good. quadrant, can we do like half, like a... <laughs> Two-faced thing? I, don't know. I would uh, call that one like right in the center. <laughs> I, th I think that one's close to like... It's not no, great here, or bad Here's what anybody. we call this. We call no one really wants this but Nobody Tim. really wants this, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go with the Chicago Bulls. What if you got him in on a little Caruso deal of some kind? How is Bones if he's in Chicago? Hmm. They're a bad team. Yeah. Levine's good probably for, out Good there. for the Nuggets. Good for Bones. I agree. I think this one's not quite like it is with Washington. I think it's a little more inside. I'm on very both confused angles. as to what you guys are <laughs> wanting to get back for Bones. Yeah, me uh, too. I mean, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> We've the, kind of given up. The Indiana Pacers. Oh, God. Uh, bad for Chris Bones. Chris Duarte. I've heard bad his name for out there. Uh, I'm out on Duarte. Um, Why? Because he's 30? I just don't think he's that good. <laughs> 26. He's 26. Close enough. I mean, I actually think that one would be good for Nuggets, and uh, I think it'd be good for Bones. I mean, I guess they have a couple. They have guards. a lot of guards. They have a lot of. You're right. It's bad. You're right. It is in that that That's lower quadrant a little bit. Um, last one I got for you. Then here we'll do Pistons. Same thing, right? Too many guards. Who are we getting back? Jaden Ivey. Let's do it. A pick. Oh, okay. Uh sure. Yeah. Good for Nuggets. Good for Nuggets. Good for Bones. Feel Would it be Sadiq good Bay? for Bones to go to a place where it's like bad team, but you get yes. 20 shots? Are you That's kidding? Yeah. He would go Probably. off in these teams. Yeah, he would. Probably. He would. Cold weather might kill him, though. Real quickly, just real <laughs> quickly. Like if, if we said Trailblazers. Um, bad for everyone. 
feel they, like he is love the last guy the Trailblazers would want. <laughs> so true. You got Anthony Simons, Damian <laughs> yeah. Lillard. Yeah. How about how about Bones? Yeah, they do not want Bones. <laughs> yeah. You never know, man. You never know. All right, that's bad for everyone. All right. thought that was a little fun little graphic here where you can send them. As you can see, the Eastern Conference good, the Western Conference bad, and our absolutely hated enemies, the worst of all. Uh, that does it for today's show. Uh, everybody, check out Dane Moore stuff, the Dane Moore NBA podcast, if you want to hear more about the Timberwolves. <laughs> All right, we'll see everybody next time. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it all so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com